before we jump into this show, do you remember last year around Christmas time, I had an audio drama that I put out. It was called uh, St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. How could I forget? It was so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to be doing another one. And uh, I wanted to let you and our listeners know that in support of that, I've started a Patreon. And I'll be taking the subscribers through the whole process of creation. They could see what's been there, what I've what I've done already, and, and sort of follow along as I write it, as I revise it, as I record it and put it all together, they'll be following along for the whole thing. And at certain levels, I'll create a special version just for my subscribers at those levels. There'll be like an early release version of the whole thing for them. That is so awesome. You know, and that's just the beautiful part about this artistic landscape that we're in right Mm. now is we really have the opportunity as artists to invite the audience into what we do. And if, if you don't know what Patreon is, um, and actually, Phil, why don't you tell what Patreon is? Sure. Patreon is essentially a platform that allows people to follow uh, creators and support them and back them in their endeavor, whatever it is that they're creating. And they get perks like behind the scenes looks at, at, at how things are happening, sometimes early release. Sometimes there's merch. I don't know yet. All kinds of stuff. We'll do live streams and things like that that are just available for the backers. I can tell you, listeners, right now that I have heard Phil Rickaby talk about his projects and his writing. And it's such a treat to listen to you talk about what you love and what you're most passionate about and just to hear that skill set come forward. So all I can say, folks, is that I do highly recommend getting involved with this on the ground floor. Well, thank you so much. And they can check it out at patreon.com slash philrickaby. Shall we jump in? That was good. Let's do it. I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... the introvert's guide to we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest we'll choose a topic and discuss it as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large if you want to drop us a line we would love to hear from you you can find us on twitter and instagram at introvert guide to the number two and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide too. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people to find this show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Phil, Jess, you have you asked me a question coming into um, recording. Phil and I, it's very recent listeners that Phil and I can actually see each other. Yes, <laughs> this is new, but I'm wearing something right now and I'm going to describe it. It's black and green and fluffy. 
And I wore this very specifically today. Today is May the 10th. Do you know what is special about May the 10th, Phil? Didn't we launch this podcast two years ago on May the 10th? Exactly on May the 10th, <laughs> two years ago. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong here, but one of the first things I think that you and I bonded over is that we both belong to Slytherin. <laughs> I'm wearing the house robe. <laughs> Representing, buddy. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. So nice. <laughs> I know. I got to tell you, this has been just, I love this show so much. I love talking about it with friends. I love that it's something we can bond over. And it's just I just really appreciate you, Phil, and I appreciate this podcast. And listeners, I appreciate you so much. And I know I don't mean to speak for Phil, but I know that he appreciates you too. I do, in fact, appreciate the listeners. And I appreciate you, Jess. I'm your little ray of sunshine in the day. Come there on. There we go. In the darkness. <laughs> out of, of the darkness comes the, Out of the darkness comes sunshine. <laughs> so we got an email. And... Uh, I wanted to share that email with you and and it's going to sort of fo- uh, uh, form the the basis of our conversation today. And this is an email from Alex. Alex wrote, I'm an introvert who has no trouble saying I don't want to go to something or don't want to do something if I would rather be at home, etc. And I'm not overly fussed about what people say about it. But I do tend to still feel this sense of guilt or judgment that is hard to shake. We can't control other people and what they say or do about our choices, but do other introverts who are confident saying what they will or won't do feel this? Example, for me recently, my company organizes an annual trip for three days, which I already decided I did not want to attend. That's constant social and being upbeat when I just don't have the energy for it. So I told them I won't be going, but sometimes I wonder if there's something wrong with me for not looking forward to things like that. Or are others just too scared to say no? Introvert guilt feels foreign at the moment, just because you and I live in Ontario right now. Yeah, we're we're sort of stuck at home and still stuck at home since yeah. Christmas. So, <laughs> but I can cast my mind back to, and we've talked about like those networking events and things like that, which it mm-hmm. sounds like that's one of the things that Alex was describing. I think I mentioned that that. My company has in the past done this whole like we go to a, a, a like a sleepaway camp for a weekend and it is just work socializing from from Friday till Sunday and it doesn't stop. So I've bailed on it twice and gone once out of a sense of obligation. How did you feel after that? After bailing or after going? <laughs> Well, after bailing, I imagine a sense of relief, but after after going, it's... I def- mean, I bailed before I went. So I spent two years bailing, not going to it. And um, I will admit there were moments where I was like, people look like they're having a really good time. And that's really what made me decide to go the one time. Like I was like, oh, people do seem to have a really good time when they go to that. And people do really seem to have a good time when they go to that, but not me. 
No, the, the moment is very fleeting when you feel that, oh, this is great. This is what I should be going through. And then you realize very quickly that you put yourself into a place where you genuinely don't want to be. And then are you really going to be the best version of yourself? Not just that, but you're, I was like trapped there. It's not like I could decide to leave. We took a bus up. We like, we rented a bus and we used that to go up. It's not like I could be like, well, I'm done. See ya. No, I had to, I like, this is it. I've committed to this thing and I'm stuck for the weekend. Oh, yikes. Okay. See, that's why I was never the designated driver ever going out with folks. I needed to be able to leave when I wanted, Mm. (laughs) especially for like a work get together. Absolutely. I need to leave. But, you know, it's funny because there's so many times when I have either said no to a social event or bailed on a social event that I then did have some FOMO and really uh, sort of thought, oh, maybe if I had gone, I might have had a good time. And do you find that still holds true whenever you hear like the the work stories, all the inside jokes? Like, it, it, did you ever feel that sense of regret still after hearing the stories? I mean, it's different. It's different. The work thing is different because as a non-drinker, going to a work event where alcohol is a big part of the work event, um, I had lim- there was a limited a limited entertainment value in seeing other people get drunk but for other events like let's say a theater opening that has a, a a reception after or some kind of or a party you know parties are tough because i'm like i don't really want to go to a party but then like you see oh my god so and so's there oh i wish i had the chance to talk to them i haven't seen them in so long and it's like oh, if i'd gone i could have i could have talked to them so it's like this this strange tightrope walk of I don't have the energy to go, but now that I don't go, look at what I'm missing. I got very lucky. I just started this new job and majority of the folks that work in this department are extroverts, but they're I feel like there's more introversion within them than they realize. Mm. The conversation is very lively and they mention all the time that they love going out for their monthly after work drink. But one thing that they did that I really appreciate is that they give you, they like to plan this thing in advance because they know that there's introverts in the office and they know that those introverts are picky about when they'd like to go out. Now me included in that. And it's nice being able to have them have that constant reminder of you don't have to go, but do you think you're looking forward to it? It, it, Do you want to give this a go? Like, and this isn't, obviously this is something that hasn't been able to happen yet, but I'm excited that they're giving me this option to not go (laughs) and promise not to have any inside jokes without me. There's something about, you know, We always say, do, you know, take care of yourself, do what you need, say what you need. But we also want to have fun. We also, you know, we see people having fun and we can't help but not want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. It's human nature to see other people have fun or having fun or having had fun and really think, oh, my God, that's something I want to be a part of. Um, And so... Uh, it's, there's so many events that I've bailed on that afterwards I was like, I think I might've enjoyed going to that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, a couple of times there've been, um, 
just some events that are 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 like just to get really theater specific some 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 cold read play events where they you go and they get a bunch of actors together and you just read some something that somebody worked on it's like this big group thing and it's a great way to 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 meet people and socialize and all of that stuff and every time i say i'm going to go i psych myself out the entire week leading up to it and then you know the day of, as we get closer to it, I'll be like, maybe I'm not going to go. I'm not going to, no, I don't think I'm going to go. I mean, nobody really likes me anyway. I'm not going to go. And then I go and it's fine. Or if I don't go, I hear about how awesome it was later. And then I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd been there for that. Oh, I know. The regret, the regret is very real. And I mean, you guilt yourself too. When it, when it comes to something that's in your work field and you don't attend, I personally do guilt myself mm-hmm. too much. It's to a point where it doesn't feel like it's enjoyable anymore. If I don't go or if I do go, I'm not comfortable in my decision anymore Yeah, because I feel like I'm sacrificing something so important to who I am, but it's at what cost, at what cost did this have to happen? And yeah. I'm a firm believer that, you know, Again, this is very theater specific, but if you are so passionate about something and you love something, you cannot let it come over top of you and your needs. You definitely need to come first, no matter what. And then whatever it is that you're passionate about, it will fall into place. Have you ever, like theater stuff aside, are there other things that you have bailed on that you regretted? No. Okay. I, that there's there's a story there, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to collect your thoughts because a number of years ago, I bailed on a, a, a friend group uh, trip to Canada's Wonderland, and you know I love amusement park rides. I love amusement park rides. There's only one ride that I will never do again, and that's one of the newer ones at Canada's Wonderland. I almost blacked out on it. Not like like because it was scary, but like going around the corner was just like the the G forces of this particular corner were so heavy. I could feel like the 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 darkness coming in at the edges of my eyes. So I'll never do that one again because I never have to feel that again. But I love amusement park rides. But it was like a larger group. It was maybe more people than I really wanted to go to a park with. And so I said, no, you guys go without me. I'll be fine. And then they start posting pictures to Instagram. And I immediately regret my choice that um, I did not go with them because they were having so much fun and they were going on the kinds of rides that I really loved. And it wasn't that crowded. And it was just like it would have been a perfect day. And I didn't go. Oh my gosh. And all the sun was probably shining in their picture. It was a goddamn perfect day. <laughs> I'm so bitter because it was a perfect day and I didn't go like did an I, idiot. Yeah. But like, did every time you go to Canada's Wonderland after that, was it raining a lot? Like, just, just tell me you tried to go a few times after that. No, Please. because this is like, I, so this is years ago when I bailed on it. And the last time I went to Canada's Wonderland was maybe five years ago. And before that, it had been a full 10 years since I since I had been there with that time I bailed like in there and I never went. So oh, it's boy. like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. It's not fun. No. My friends and I years ago were supposed to go see a show in Stratford. We were all going to pile into a car and we were going to go down there. It was going to be this awesome little girl's day. 
And the way that we had framed the get together was just so, it was just basic. It was just a, you know, we'll just get in the car, we'll go grab some lunch and then we'll go to Stratford. We'll come home. Mm-hmm. I told them a week in advance. I, I didn't, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired. I'm, I'm okay. I didn't lie this time. I didn't lie. Oh my God. <laughs> you didn't come up with a wild story. You just said, wow. No, yeah, wow. For whatever reason, I felt bold in advocating for myself. Strange world for me at the time. <laughs> Strange, but new world. Um, and we were supposed to pile into the car, go there. I guess they had all created a text chain. And I found out that they all went shopping the day before to go get the beautiful dresses. They went for manicure pedicures. They packed a picnic lunch to the nines, potluck style. They went for like ice cream. They went to go see a live band after they were done. They had cute pictures. And I just, it wasn't FOMO. It wasn't FOMO this time. It was distinct guilt. It was, that is so cute and sweet and they were and we're all close friends and there's just me missing they went out of their way to photoshop me in but it's not the same it's It's not not the same same. like no it's it's funny but come on you know one of the years when my work did a you know they did their their first of the, the the camping trips i actually legitimately could not go i had rehearsal so somebody made like a cardboard cutout of my face that somebody was always holding in every one of the pictures so that I was quote unquote there. And it was hilarious, but it was also like, like also like, it's not the same as being there, but you know, that was one of the things that gave me the FOMO that made me actually go. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, and then you promise yourself right after that, I'm going to the next one. And right. And the dramatic Morgan Freeman voiceover, but she never did go. No, of course not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He never did go. Yeah. It's just like, it's so ridiculous, you know? And he stayed in his condo for years to come, (laughs) never leaving. (laughs) So do you find that when you feel your guilt, is it, is it more external or is it more internal? 100% 100% internal. It's something I'm doing to myself. Right. Like, I don't I, I don't get the sense, and some people will feel this way, that like, oh, they're posting this stuff to make me feel bad, but I don't, you know, my friends, my friends who post, they post because that's second nature to them. They post on social media. They're having a great time. They want to share it. And so I know that it's not coming from anywhere external. The All of the guilt about not going to the thing entirely comes from me. And that's a good distinction to make <laughs> because for me, like having social anxiety and just anxiety all around, I I have come to realize that when I say no to go to something, they are not sighing relief going, oh, good. We can have a Jess gossip fest now. Everyone just talk about Jess and how crappy mm. she is. No one mm. is saying that. No one. Sidebar. Is that something that you used to think about? That you used to think that people were doing? All the time. I I had, many, many years ago, I was dating somebody who had depression and anxiety and all of that stuff. And it was so bad for them that if they, if some, if they were out and about and somebody laughed, she always thought they were laughing at her. If she saw somebody, like, 
looking, I don't know, they're like looking at some garbage on the street and they have a look on their face. She always assumed it was about her. Is Were you quite that bad or? I wasn't that, I didn't go to that degree, but it was to a point where if, okay, in all honesty, I can empathize with someone in public laughing. I was, I was bullied pretty hard in the elementary school. So it's just, it's a trigger for me and it's sure. something I've had to really work out of, but mine was to the degree that I wasn't to that degree. It was, if I canceled and I started to feel that any, everybody was gossiping about me, I would have to send like a text or make a phone call to that person to mm. say, Hey, just so you know, I really value our friendship. Like, I, I really like you. I, like, we're okay, right? And I would have to keep constantly asking for some sort of reassurance, for some validation. And and I just, I needed to hear the clear words, I'm not mad at you. It's okay. I think I was just so used to feeling like somebody was mad at me that that's the way I dealt with the guilt. It's not a healthy way to 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 work on your feelings that way. It's, it's okay every once in a while to ask for that reassurance. We all need that. All, all friends, you know, you need to be able to trust your friend to be able to do that and come to them and talk to them about that. But there came a point where I did have to stop in my tracks at that impulse and navigate through that myself and lean on myself to not feel guilty and to not take apart our friendship because mm. That, you know, that friend that I canceled plans with, for all I knew, didn't even think a second thought about it. No, no. And, and and here I come flying in going, I can't come. But a half hour later, but you're not mad, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. we're okay. It, it, yeah. yeah. That's certainly an anxiety thing. The whole, like, uh, I said no to a thing. Does that mean our friendship is over? Like, it, it's so dramatic and so... But it's so it feels so real that like I said no to this thing. They are they mad at me because I I said no. And often it's just like, oh, okay, they just couldn't make it. And that's just it. It's it's a sometimes you do have to put yourself into the other person's shoes. Was it a big event that they they really were relying on you and depending on you? You already mm -hmm. said yes. Then then sure, that guilt can sometimes actually translate into a grain of truth into, you know, if I feel guilty, there's something maybe I need to look at and apologize. But if that's not the case, if it's a case of this was just a hangout, mm. you you gave an honest answer, you can't beat yourself up for advocating for yourself. That's defeating the purpose. Yeah. Most times people don't, most events, if you say that you can't go, people are not angry at you. And sometimes if they are, chances are, you're not the problem. That is a very good point, too. Um, there's a, like, I think a little mm -hmm. while ago, like, I did work at a place where everybody liked to get together. Mm -hmm. And my boss tried really hard to make these yearly get together something into that they just weren't growing into. Uh, there were a lot of factors that it went into there. Like first and foremost, the turnover rate was not good. So nobody had that time to really build the connection. But it was also just this unnecessary expectation. Hmm. You know, when, when you're busy working and you're tired and someone doesn't want to go out, you really can't be upset at them. I think it was the constant rejection of, no, I don't want to go out. No, I don't want to. Not saying that that's the case always, but that can 
it can offer a bit of perspective of if this person is upset, chances are it's not at me. How have they been trying to get this off it off the ground? Has it been easy for them? Sure. Sure. Listen, we all have that extrovert friend who's always trying to get us to come out. If we could just come out to this one event, we'd have a great time. And eventually we do go out and we don't have a great time, but we went because we love our friend. Um, And if we're able to, after the fact, we can have a conversation with our friend that says, you know what? I really appreciate that you invited me to this thing. Um, How about next year? Let's say it's a birthday party. How about next year on your birthday? I just take you out for dinner on your birthday to celebrate your birthday before the, like uh, before, after the day of your birthday, you know, we'll just, we'll go out. I'll take you out. I'll treat, you know, it'll be a great little thing. It's just, just you and I, that way you don't have that whole party pressure. Oh, good Lord. I don't have that friend. <laughs> I don't, I don't, not to say like, you know, I've, I've never had them, but it's just a, I think I have cultivated my group so well <laughs> that I have sifted out the folks that demand the big shebangs for birthdays. Mm. I just, I have made it very known. I am not that person to rely on if you mm. want a big party. You know, it's not that they wanted me to like, I wasn't organizing the party or anything. And it was a milestone birthday. And I forgive anybody on their milestone birthdays. And then another friend likes to do this. This, this one thing where they get a whole bunch of people together and they play a fighting video game and it, they turn it into a tournament, which is fun, but it's a lot of people talking and doing all the things they do at parties with video gaming also happening at the same time. Both, whether it's the big, you know, shindig kind of milestone birthday or a, a gathering, it's super crowded. And yet, and yet, the last time I did not go to uh, that uh, video game, fighting game, birthday party, I felt guilty for not going. And I felt some FOMO about about missing the party. So. I can imagine. I mean, sometimes I find it's just the energy that we miss. We just miss the, the hmm. everybody in the same room is having such a great time and we're all bonding over something. That's just the, hmm. the collective human experience. Yeah. And I think you get to a point where you you know that's exactly what it is and you're not necessarily missing anything you might miss some inside jokes mm-hmm. you you might miss um you know just a really just a really good round of fighting like that yeah. that that's just it but you know should should we guilt ourselves for not wanting to be a part of it i think there's other ways to feed that the, you know, the answer I think is, should we guilt ourselves is always no. Mm-hmm. Understand that the choice that you made is a valid choice. In the case of a work event, trust me, if it is a camping thing or if it's going away for a few days, unless there is some kind of massive draw that really appeals to you and your instinct is to say no, don't feel guilty about it. The last thing you want to do is be trapped there. That said, if it's something that happens all the time, like every year, especially if it's a work event, you can only dodge it for so long. At a certain point, you've got to say, all right, I'm going to do it because if I don't, it's just starting to look bad. So you go and you do it. And in some ways you suffer through it or you try to find a way. Maybe it turns out to not be as bad as you thought it might be. 
or maybe it is whatever, but you did it. That's a really good point too. You, you know, it's a, no, we shouldn't guilt ourselves. Another way that maybe we could say is what am I robbing myself of yes. if I don't go? And if it's a, you know, yes, at some point you're going to go, just a little thing to remember. Not all of our experiences that we say yes to are going to be mm-hmm. great. It just means that when you're done like this three-day work event and, and you're all the way together, it means that your recharge time you owe it to yourself and to the people that you're so close with to go and recharge, to go and have that time because you might not be the best version of yourself coming home. So take care of yourself. If you have to go, I don't want to say put a happy face on and just grin and bear through it because that's not a healthy way of looking at it. But I think finding some like toxic positivity is not good. It's it's detrimental. But finding something like some silver lining to this of I did it. I don't have to do it again. You know, sometimes there's going to be I mean, there are ways that you can that you can deal with it. You could bring a book so that Mm -hmm. when you run out of patience with socializing, you can go away and just say, I need a break, whatever it is, and find your way to a quiet spot and, and, and read for a bit. Another thing to consider is if you have someone in the office that, um, like a work colleague, someone that knows you really well and knows that you are introverted, you have your needs, you can rely on this person to maybe communicate to other people that, you know, you're off on your own. You, you know, you just need your time. It's, I, I think back to our, our grieving episode yeah, where we had a spokesperson. It's a, let that person be the one that is the barrier between when you need your space and, and when you're okay to have people come up to you. Sure. When you're at a work party the, or sorry, a work event, you're, you're with people that are not your family. And yeah, they can be your friends, but it's this weird in-between yeah. of you see these folks all the time, but they're sometimes they're your work friends and sometimes they really are genuinely your friends. Yeah. But there will always be that divide amongst the other coworkers that don't share that relationship. And sometimes we do need somebody just to advocate for us. If you have somebody in that space that you can trust and is not going to say, oh, they're an introvert. They want to be left alone. Leave them alone. It's There's ways of kindly addressing the situation. (laughs) There are also phrases that you can use that allow you to get away from a situation. You can say, I just got to go to the bathroom. And I mean, chances are that you're going to go away and you're going to like read your book or whatever. And they're going to be off doing their own thing. They don't care unless there's that one dick who's like, well, that was a big shit or whatever it is they say. And then you just like throw down your glass and go, fuck you, buddy, or whatever it is that you do. Uh, you're, I don't know. But also, I I mean, I'm really good at ghosting a party. I'm really good at this, the Irish goodbye. And I can do that at a social event and just sort of like ninja my way out. You throw down a, a flash pay, a flash bulb, there's a little thing and then I'm gone. Or just like get up and I'll be back. Like you don't even have to say much more. Like, I have found it useful to just go, I'll be back. And people will be like, all right. And then you go off and you do whatever. You read your book. And when you come back, if you come back, everything's fine. 
just as a moment of disclaimer here that I sat here for the second of listening to you talking and I thought to myself, gee, Phil and I have never been to a party together before. I feel like at some point we're going to, we've talked about in previous episodes when, Mm -hmm. when restrictions are lifted, we're post pandemic, it's safe. Mm -hmm. We are going to a party, but, but caveat, caveat to that. I'm going to buy you a smoke bomb. (laughs) That laugh was everything. That's all I needed. That is all I needed. On social media, we said we got an email from a listener who has trouble saying no to things. Because when they do, they feel guilty about letting people down. Do you ever feel guilty about wanting to stay home? What do you do to combat those feelings of guilt? B.R. Jax said, I tell myself that if I say yes to everything, I'm not leaving things for others to say yes to. I can't say yes to everything. Also, better to say no than overpromise and then overwhelm myself, because then I'm no good to anyone. Absolutely. You know, one of the things about that is that, is that you know, the idea of, of, of not wanting to overpromise if you feel like you have to say yes to everything, then when you bail on everything, people are like, oh, well, Phil bails on everything. He said yes, but you know what? Forget it. And then if you say yes to the occasional thing, it's a little easier to go. And if you say maybe and you show up, everybody's like, hey, take the customer service caveat. And under promise and over deliver. So say maybe. And then when you do show up, everybody's thrilled that you were able to make it. That was lovely. Lovely and concise. That's exactly what this podcast is. (laughs) Right there. In that moment, delivered. Uh, Sue says, I remind myself that unless the event is Sue's big event or I'm accepting an award, then my presence will neither make nor break said event. You have to say it firmly and clearly in rounded, mellifluous tones. That was a gorgeous word. I know. It's such a good word. Oh, it's beautiful. Difficult to say, but a gorgeous word. Absolutely. So 10 out of 10 to Sue for the vocabulary. But also, she does have an excellent point about nine times out of 10. I mean, people would be happy to see you there, but you not going will not ruin the event, unless it's like your wedding or something, in which case maybe think about why you don't want to go. But most times, if you don't go to the event, it's not a big deal. And that's it. It's addressing that little voice of anxiety in the back of your head of, you just let everybody down. Great. Now the event's ruined. And it's it just, it does. It forces you to take a step back and go, hey, mm-hmm. maybe it's not all about me. Mm-hmm. Maybe everybody else can enjoy themselves. Without me. Huh. Ooh. Ooh. Huh. Big moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's actually, I mean, that's when you feel like your friend is mad at you because you said that you, you're you not going to go to that event. You are saying to yourself, my not going has ruined this event. Mm-hmm. Now, there are probably a lot of reasons you could look at why you're, why you're looking at, why you're thinking that. Maybe just like because you're feeling anxiety in general, and you, you, your default is people are mad at me. That's another thing. But just know that they're not. The event will go on fine without you. If you attended, it would just be a nice addition. 
chef's kiss addition to the event, but it will not be ruined by your lack of attendance. Well said, sir. Well said. Thank you. Indy says, having the pandemic has alleviated some of the pressure, but I struggle with people calling me. And I haven't figured out a good way to tell myself it's okay not to answer that virtual call. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, no, no. It's, I create a cutoff time. I have a cutoff time of when you are okay to call me and afterwards I have no obligation. That time is eight o'clock. That's late to me. That's, that's late, sometimes early to others, but it's late to me because if it were up to me, it would be six o'clock. This is my time. Leave me alone. You had all the time while I was at work and while I was commuting to talk to me. No, I creating a cutoff time of when you're going to answer when you're not. I think that's acceptable. Do what, do the timing that does work for you. I'm going to, I'm going to say something about, about phone calling and video calling. If it isn't scheduled, don't do it without first checking. Do everyone a favor. Don't, if you have an iPhone, don't FaceTime out of the blue. If you FaceTime me out of the blue, I'm declining that call. It's just don't do it. Like just ask first, even if it's just a, hey, can we FaceTime? I'd like to add something into this. Hmm. Don't text somebody, hey, how are you? And they, when they respond, FaceTime them. No, God, no, don't. Nope. Just because they responded to your text does not mean they're in a position to, to take a, phone, a video call. Video call especially. But generally for video calls, phone calls, can we all just agree not to do those without first checking in? to see if the person is available or up for it or anything like that. Just don't. Absolutely. Just rule of thumb. Listen, our phones are very versatile things. They're computers in our hand. I can communicate to you one of two ways, and that's a text or a call, and I chose a text. Don't call yes. me. It's rude. I find oh my it rude. God. If, you start, if you start with a text and you immediately go to a phone call when the person responds or you go to a video call... You're a terrible person. I'm sorry. That's you, just the, that's just that's just the law. I don't swear often on this episode, but you're an asshole. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I've noticed. I've just uh, just sidebar. I've noticed that you know when we created this podcast, I gave it an explicit rating. Um, I'm the one that curses, and you generally don't. So I'm I'm the potty mouth, and you're you're not. Which is so funny because outside of this podcast, I swear a lot. <laughs> What? I don't understand then. It's I just like throwing you under a bus. There's, Apparently so. There's some... everybody, everybody, up until this moment, everybody thought that I was the bad one because I'm the one that's constantly dropping F-bombs and Jess never does. But you know what? Now we know the truth. Oh, no, 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 no. I think after the canceling plans episode, I think I lost that merit a long time ago. <laughs> Let's be real. No, it's true. It's true. Shall we go to the internet? Let us go to the internet. There's a lot on the internet concerning different topics for introverts. And this one, especially for guilt, is it can be a broad topic. It can be a narrowed in topic, very, very specific. I found a little blog 
uh, called createyourownreality.co. And it's a blog just run by an introvert. And she is a self-proclaimed Disney lover and introvert. And I just, I really appreciated where this article was coming from. It was just very quick, very to the point. It didn't demand a lot of reading time. And and I perused the blog and I, I personally enjoyed it. So there was a good article in there just about dealing with guilt. And the points are very concise. Consider if the situation had been reversed. And we've mentioned this. If you had a friend who really wasn't up for something you had invited them to, would you want them to feel like they had to show up? And that is such a good point. Sometimes just to put ourselves into the other person's shoes is, is, a, is a great place to start with dealing with the guilt. Then they go on to say, consider if you'd really be the best version of yourself if you went. If appropriate, consider what you can do as an alternative. So just because you're turning down an invite doesn't mean you have to turn down the person who invited you. If there's a situation your introverted self would rather not be in, but you still want to spend time with or celebrate the person inviting you, consider suggesting an alternative activity you could both enjoy. And Phil, you mentioned this earlier, and I I think that's a great idea. We don't always have to say no altogether. It could be a no, but can I get you next time? Or no, but would you consider doing this instead? Yeah. Yeah, for the for the the my friends who were having parties, I literally I just said I can't make it to your party, but can I take you out to dinner? And that was such a, such an easy phrase to say. And even if they said if they said, oh, I'm, like I'm going out of town or whatever, you've made the offer. Like it doesn't matter. You've made the offer. You meant the offer, and it's 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 a nice. And then you get to have a nice sit down conversation with your friend, which is great one on one. Absolutely. And and on that note, I thought about our our listener. And in the case of them and and their their work event, I even thought to myself, you know, if they if they feel guilty, maybe something that they could do is just offer to maybe when the after they come back to just to talk about the weekend with the coworkers. They just love to hear about how the weekend went, how it and, and just have that moment of camaraderie for them. You don't have to necessarily be there to show up, if that makes any sense. There's other ways that you can be present for them. And, it, Absolutely. and it, you don't have to be there. <laughs> yeah. And the last but not least, I really love this point. Once you make the decision, lean into the joy of opting out and staying true to yourself. I can't tell you how many times in an episode, just for the two years we've been doing this now, that we really do need to say how we feel. It is a learned skill. It doesn't come easy when you're not when you're not used to advocating for yourself. But when you start to advocate for yourself, there's this moment of self-care that that you didn't even realize you took part in. Mm. It's self-harm to go and do something that you don't want to do. And and no, you're not being the best version of yourself. No, you're not going to be present for the people in your life that really need your time. When you say no and you mean it, and you're clear, and you're honest, don't be me, be honest. (laughs) Just going to put that out there. Something happens within yourself that makes you feel like you realized a part of you. And I don't want anyone to get robbed of that experience because they are so keen on trying to subdue the guilt that they feel like in order to get rid of it is they have to put themselves last. You know, one of the things that I think is, is, is interesting 
is for a lot of company events, especially if it's going away or something, whether it's a day trip or something like that, if you say no to the event, probably somebody from HR or whoever is the organizer of the event is going to come around and try to find a way to convince you to go. It's their job and they're worried that that maybe there's a, a, some other reason why you're not going or like they just want to make sure that you're that you're able to to enjoy the event that the company is is paying for. They want you to take part, all of this stuff. And, and it can feel like pressure. Understand that it is not pressure that is with malice. You know, their job is to ensure that the company, when they're going on this event, is having a good time. And if you need to, you can take that person aside and say, it's just that as an introvert, I'm not comfortable in this large group. And it's nothing bad. It's just for me, I just don't feel like I can do it. And you never know what comes up from that, right? And not to say something bad could happen, but look on a plus side of saying that and being honest is there might be reconsiderations for the next time that this mm. happens, that maybe the event's not inclusive. Yeah. And that could bring up a really positive discussion. Well, remember that as we as we mentioned in, in, in our work episode, a lot of offices are geared more towards the extrovert. And so um, sometimes we have to remind our extroverted office that we're here too, that we, um, that, that this is a great idea. You guys have fun. It's not bad that I don't want to go. It's not a bad thing. I just don't feel myself in these situations. You are a complex human being. You are nuanced. You know, humans are generally social, but just because humans collectively are generally social doesn't mean that we all fit into one box. That's right. There are many different ways of being social and introverts tend to enjoy a smaller gathering, not like some massive 100 person weekend where you're all trapped together in like a room or cabins or whatever. And hey, it's got to count for something. We're half the population. So have we learned anything today? I have learned that my experiences and what I choose to be involved with is entirely up to me and that it is up to me and how I want to create this tapestry of my experiences. And that if I choose not to include something, that doesn't mean I'm losing out in, on an opportunity. It doesn't mean I'm losing out on an experience. It means that I am navigating who I am as a person and that I'm only making my experiences more positive because I'm narrowing in on who I am. Very nice. I, I really resonated with what Sue said about reminding yourself that your presence will not make or break the event. You may add to it, but you're not going will not ruin the event. And it can be a really good thing to remember that, you know what, you as a person add to an event that you that you that you bring your own self to it and that can make an event new and different, but also if you don't go, you haven't ruined it. Nobody's going to be angry at you. You can let the guilt go. Uh, 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 uh.